United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Dr. Donald N. Jensen is the Director of Russia and Strategic Stability at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Dr. Jensen, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. Thank you. Seems like a bit of a change in strategy underway for Russia. Uh, there has been, it, they've said, and whether that actually happens uh, is to be determined. But yes, they've said that they're going to focus on the uh, embattled Donbass area to Ukraine's east rather than keep trying to surround Kiev. Now, whether that's going to happen, we have to see whether that's just propaganda for the home front mm. to cover up that they don't have Kiev yet, we have to see. But it's very noteworthy, as you said. So we're going to have to look at how the battlefield uh, resembles the rhetoric. Sure. And there's been some reporting that that Putin has been musing about a partitioned country, sort of like uh, North and South Korea. Yeah, that has been the rumor. And uh, uh, even some Ukrainians, I think that may end up being the case, but they're not uh, obviously favoring that right now. The, the battlefield is continues to go relatively poorly for the Russians, but they are still outgun and outman the Ukrainians, and they're making progress in some areas, particularly in the south. And we're going to have to see how that that plays out. One Ukrainian army is in some uh, peril of being surrounded. Again, we just have to see. But but overall, the uh, Russian military has been unmasked to be quite a bit less, quite a bit more of a paper tiger than. Mm. than Expected. But Julie, that doesn't mean they're not dangerous or effective in some places. Oh, absolutely. Possible. Sure. Um, there were some reports over the weekend, uh, doctor, of, of Russian, Russian troops using white phosphorus on the Ukrainian people. Yes. Well, that has been the issue of those kinds of weapons of let's call them mass destruction, inhumane, mm. been a problem from the beginning, because as soon as Russia ran into trouble, that became a, those things like chemical weapons or phosphorus became tempting options. But so far, they've done some of it. They could do more. But at the moment, uh, they prefer, I think, just to shell civilian targets, uh, maternity hospitals and that kind of thing to create destruction to compensate for their shortcomings on the battlefield. Uh, they're, they're, uh, it, they're, they're fighting with some ferocity. I mean, they're, you know, it's not a desultory thing. They just seem absolutely intent on killing as many civilians as possible. Absolutely. And that's not attributable, Julie, not only to just to barbarism, it's attributable to lack of training uh, for these Russian troops, many of whom are draftees, conscripts who don't have any training at all. The Ukrainian forces have been trained by the West and NATO for eight years in sophisticated training. They don't have all the weapons they need, but it has allowed them to compensate for lack of numbers. And as we've seen quite impressively. You know, um, while Biden was on his his tour of Brussels and Poland over the weekend, we heard Zelensky complaining loudly about NATO, saying it's not enough. You know, it's I'm disappointed. This this produced nothing. Um, and and then we saw Biden, you know, meet with Ukrainian refugees, which was obviously incredibly emotional, and then make his his gaffe in his speech on Saturday. And I wonder what you made of that. The gap, well, I, I think it was unfortunate. I think that's certainly not the U.S. policy, and it was most likely just an off-the-cuff remark by the president, uh, given that emotional situation you described. But mm -hmm. off-the-cuff remarks have diplomatic impact, too, and certainly many allies in Europe were not happy. Uh, it may well be, however, that 
Putin's departure may be the only way to end this thing. We just don't know. But it did undercut U.S. diplomacy, which in large part, Julie, I think has been pretty skillful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, Blinken is in the Middle East this week, and he's talking to uh, countries there, trying to get them on board. But but they have strong ties to Russia, too. That seems uh, like a dicey prospect. They do. They do. Uh, not only the Middle East, we've been disappointed by some of our, our, our partners who have been relatively ambivalent about supporting Ukraine or dealing, giving us some of the energy that our allies need. Uh, India has been a problem. Uh, they have pretty good relations with, with, uh, with Russia, too, Israel, surprisingly, mm. and of course, China, which claims to be a friend of it, uh, literally friend of Russia and Ukraine, but is strongly tilting toward Moscow. Interesting. So how does Putin look to you? <laughs> he looks like a sick man to me, but I'm not I'm another kind of doctor. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he does not look well to me, but I don't think we should be gearing U.S. policy or Western policy or helping Ukraine based on whether we think the guy is crazy or sick or something else. We need to deal with with facts. And unfortunately, Julie, there's been very, very little evidence of uh, Putin blinking. Uh, There is certainly nervousness in his entourage, but uh, for the guy, the boss in charge, that guy, uh, uh, there's very little public sign that he's going to move for a compromise. But there have been negotiations uh, uh, su- uh, superficial or, or minor so far about a settlement, and that may get some momentum. I think largely, Julie, the, the negotiations will be driven by the uh, facts on the ground, and that's why uh, Ukraine holding its own as it has is so important. Uh, it was it was disturbing to read uh, at the end of last week that the sort of back channels between U.S. and Russian military officials had shut down. And so it does seem a good front that at least Russia and Ukraine are talking. It very much does. You know, there's this thing called deconfliction, a real diplomatic word. And on Syria and elsewhere, the two militaries talk to each other, but they haven't recently. But it's important that the negotiations between uh, the Ukrainians, as you said, uh, and the Russians go on. Uh, Zelensky gave a very interesting interview this morning. And, you know, they've made, the, the Ukrainians have made some movement. They, they now pretty much say they will accept neutrality and not NATO membership if they get security guarantees. So that is a flexibility uh, on their part that may be realistic at the end of the day. But the, the Russians really haven't shown comparable flexibility. Frankly, they, are, I think, are just unwilling to, to realize this operation. It's been far more difficult than they expected. And that's re- it's really been hard to get that through to the Russian leadership, although a few so seem to acknowledge it. Uh, but at the moment, uh, they have their head in the sand. Dr. Donald Jensen is Director for Russia and Strategic Stability at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Julie. Really good to talk. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.